Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Devon, England, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from Wellington, New Zealand, is David Wood. I find that if I try and stay on American time, in terms of when I tweet, um, things kind of work out better, because a lot of my followers and people I follow are in the US. If I'm going to follow a load of people, if I was to do that at a time of day when the people in America are likely to be awake then they're more likely to see someone follow them as like a notification. Yeah. Therefore, they're more likely to follow back. Whereas if I were to do it when I wake up, which is the middle of the night for them, um, I kind of get lost in that probably sea of notifications on their phone when they wake up. Therefore, I just get ignored. So So it's about time of day to do it as your evening, I guess. I think I want to change what it is I'm doing, but because I just haven't got the time or energy to manage five accounts on Twitter... Yep. I can do, I can manage my own and the podcast one, and I think that makes sense because I think the podcast should have its own one. Um, but for my own apps and things, like I had an armchair account, I had a space readers account and all of that, but I think really I, I should just probably be tweeting as me for that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion at the moment that Twitter accounts for apps are not necessarily a good idea. Uh, I think it depends on what they do. You know, if you're doing an app that, that um, is for developers then it probably is a good idea because the developer community is so strong on Twitter. And I think to some degree it makes a little bit, a little bit of sense for my, my VJ app because I have that one in Crowdfire and people do add me back and it does seem to correlate to one or two sales here and there. If I have a burst of Crowdfire activity then and I've been on no sales for a couple of days, then I'll see a sale come through. Hard to say, you know, whether it's correlation, causation or not, though, because the numbers are so small. I think if you were like uh, an app that's more like a service, almost to the extent that the Overcast is, where there's like quite a hefty back-end portion of it, which maybe you need to send out messages to your user base if something goes down or if you're making modifications, I think then that can be quite quite useful. But just for kind of like a, a rinky-dink app like Armchair or a Space Readers, I think I, th- I think it's probably fine coming from me for now. Um, I'm sort of feeling very much the same with the account that I had for my hologram app. Um, that's that's pretty much died. There's just nothing for it to be saying, you know. Yeah, that's it's the there. It, it, how, do, how do I do that? Do I invent, you know, new and kind of quirky little marketing messages every other week just to put oh. out to somewhere that's, that's not reading it? Yes. Yeah. I would rather write a blog post about an update that I've done on are waiting for a review site and just link to that from my personal Twitter and be like, hey, here's a story about something I made. And that, that's got a way more personal element to it and some maybe people might want to read kind of the story behind something that I've made as opposed to some press release style thing from the Twitter account of the app. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't feel right somehow. No, and I think the effect for me is that it hasn't felt right and so I've stopped doing it and then the account is basically dead anyway, so... yeah. There was one, I think it might have been Mars Edit by, um, is it Daniel Jalkert? I, I may be getting this completely wrong, maybe someone else, but I seem to remember he said that the Twitter account for Mars Edit or one of his apps, he kind of writes as the app. Right. So, so like the app has got this kind of sarcastic personality and is always complaining about its developer having not updated <laughs> it for ages and all these features that it wants to do, but its developer's too lazy to implement and <laughs> things like that, <laughs> which I thought was quite a, quite a cool way of looking at it. <laughs> Well, that's different. Yeah, and that's um, I could see that working quite well. And and that's blogging software, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That, that, 
Yeah, so, so again, the medium kind of perhaps makes slightly more sense, um, again, for, for that sort of app. It's, it's interesting, though. It's kind of been a, yeah, a bit of a journey with this on the last kind of 10 or 12 months, I suppose, I've been on it with. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it's good to kind of look at things as products and as like a company that has products and things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, whether I'm sort of surrounded by a limited company and I've got all these apps with their individual websites and Twitter accounts is at the end of the day, just me. And I think I need to kind of lean into that a bit more and, um, yeah, just kind of be like, this is me. This is what I'm making. Come take a look and, and maybe kind of use myself as the gateway to the apps, as opposed to just making these apps, these kind of siloed things that I try and present as these corporate products much like a big corporation would. I think that's where I'm going wrong. Yeah, I think um, I've experienced a little bit of that actually with with GoVJ in the past. Um, when I first started trying to market it and put it out there, I approached Reddit and I approached Reddit as if I was this kind of faceless corporation and it completely failed. You know, I mean, I, I was lucky I didn't get the sort of trolling kind of backlash that Reddit can have. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, what happened was I just got crickets, you know, no, nobody was interested in it at all. And then I had an update maybe six months later and I approached it with a brand new account as me. Um, you know, this is something I've been working on for a little while. I've, I've been a VJ for however many years. This is some of the stuff I do. Um, and here is the app that I've been working on. And I got a load of interest because I was personal and I was me. And yeah, that, that didn't really go the way I initially expected it to go. And I don't really know why. Um, it kind of comes back to storytelling, doesn't it? People like a story. Just having a company plop this app in front of you and being like, hey, here it is. Here's a press kit and, you know, taking quite a corporate approach to it. Whereas if you come to it instantly with a story and some background and a journey and how you needed came to need the app and then how you've made the app as a result of listening to people in the community and and yeah that, that in itself tells a story which engages people i think i mean as, as humans we're, we're suckers for a good story aren't we yeah no, that's true and i think also there's there's a thing of um as as an indie as a one person sort of shop if you're starting to pretend to be bigger than that and sort of putting on that that kind of corporate face then you're kind of being a bit dishonest and it makes it difficult to tell the story yeah because there really isn't one. That's not the story. The story is you. It's you on your own. You're developing your, your apps. Or it's you and a couple of other people. You know, whatever the case, that, that is the real story. And sort of putting a front up in front of that, people kind of know, I think, after a point. Or if they don't know, um, and this is almost worse, they don't care. You know, you put on, you've done such a good job of putting on that, that kind of faceless corporate thing that, that there's nothing there to engage anybody as well. No, no, you're absolutely right. Okay, um, so this week we saw a little bit of AR Kit, I guess what you could call AR Kit 1.5. Mostly where uh, it seems to be the big takeaway feature is it can now recognise vertical surfaces, so things like walls and I guess a door, things like that. So what did you think, Dave? I think it looks uh, just like I wanted AR Kit to look sort of on day one. This is this is awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, I've seen things where people have been able to integrate um, image recognition. So scanning like books and posters and things like that off off the side of walls. 
and you know that's then integrated into the app you're able to sort of take that visual feed send it off and do a hell of a lot more with it whereas obviously the first wave of ar kit was all about kind of placing objects um on the floor on the horizontal plane um so this now opens it up and sort of makes it just that bit more immersive yeah i, I can't wait to sort of get into it a bit more and have a bit of a play it seems like they're working hard on this, as in the AR kit team. It seems like there's a lot going yeah. into this as, as a technology, which which gives me a lot of hope for it. Yeah, and I think, for me, I mean, we've talked about this before, but and everybody is now talking about this um, in terms of, okay, when is the hardware coming that sort of makes this into a pair of glasses? <laughs> um, you know, that, that sort of side of things where you can actually get into the, to, to the whole AR experience completely immersively, but... I think that's coming. I think that's that's in the pipeline. It's they've got to be looking at this that sort of stuff. But I'm not really sure that matters right now. So looking at where where this now is, um, certainly with sort of version one point five um, and having the vertical surfaces, there's now an awful lot that can be done sort of with the technology just just on the phone and. It makes me wonder, you know, I, th- I think um, there's going to be a lot of apps that kind of use this for little gimmicks. So shopping apps that then sort of enhance experiences um, and kind of let you sort of scan things and check prices with their online store, for example. Um, that that sort of app is, is now quite possible. AR kit combined with the image recognition um does let you sort of do create these these really quite immersive experiences you know you maybe you point your phone at um a type of plant and it, it there's an app that then goes off and tells you exactly what that plant is if you're a gardener that's the sort of thing that you could really want to know um loads of different permutations of that sort of idea and i guess the only thing i'm wondering is that the better ones of these the sort of really useful day-to-day kind of point your phone at something and then get that metadata kind of apps. I think there's a potential here for Apple to kind of Sherlock those apps after a point. So sort of from a, from an indie dev perspective, I'm looking and thinking, well, anything that, that is that sort of cool and potentially has quite a general purpose, I could see being integrated back into the camera app. Mm, I was thinking about this because I'm not seeing a lot of regular people using AR kit out in the wild. So I worry at the moment whether it's almost like almost like an iMessage app where all the tech is there, but it's still yeah very much a thing that kind of enthusiasts would would do right now. I mean I'm, I'm still I'm still that guy that's telling my family about AR kit and sort of doing cool demos <laughs> for them and. They didn't even know their their phones could do it, yeah. and, and quite often they seem va- vaguely confused about what it is. And I I struggle to explain it in words. So my kind of go to demo app is the uh, the IKEA app, where you can just put furniture in the room, and at that point they're instantly sold. They're like, "Yep, I get it. It's brilliant. This is awesome." Um, and then they spend the next ten minutes putting pot plants all around the room, or <laughs> sofas, or or whatever, <laughs> and they have a lot of fun with it. So yeah, like like yourself, I've kind of come to the conclusion where I, I wonder if there's more that can be done within the standard camera app to increase ARKit's accessibility. Because I think at the moment the process to you know the barrier for entry for ARKit is kind of cumbersome for the average user. When I think about just like people like my family and some friends, firstly you need to know what ARKit is. 
a lot of people I talk to still do not know what it is, um, even though their phone can do it. You then have to find an app in the App Store that is kind of AR kit ready. And just kind of discovery in the App Store brings its own set of challenges anyway, which we've talked about at length. So yeah, I think the the camera app is is kind of the natural place for a lot of this stuff. I mean, just like a little thought experiment might be that you're in, let's say, a restaurant and you get your phone out, you launch the camera app. Maybe the phone then could kind of put two and two together. So it's like, okay, you've launched the camera app and you could maybe say, based on the GPS coordinates of where I am, I'm in the rough area of where I know there's a restaurant. And then based on what the the, the camera app is seeing, maybe some knives and forks, a, a table mat, uh, just general restauranty stuff, it could be like, okay, chances are good that I'm in a restaurant. And then from there, it could maybe go off to that restaurant's app on the app store, download a portion of that app, not the, not like the whole app, but just the the assets that are required to deliver that AR experience for that restaurant via the camera app. And then yep. maybe you could like point your phone at the table mat and get some plates of food that you can swipe around and things like that. So yeah, I feel like that kind of approach could be quite cool just to make it more accessible. It's almost like the phone is predicting where you are and the context you're in and then delivering a specific AR experience to meet that situation kind of all in the background using its machine learning and kind of deducing things via you know where you are with gps and time of day etc or equally if you're just on the ikea website looking at furniture maybe they could have a button that says hey see how this looks on your phone uh not yeah. on your phone just see how this looks in your, in your room hit a button on the ikea website launches the camera app through that button press from ikea.com it can be like okay we know we came from ikea we're now in the camera app we know they were looking at this chest of drawers let's quickly run off get the assets from the app store for that chest of drawers and let's put it in an ar kit space via the camera app so i guess it's kind of like what i'm saying is it's almost like on-demand ar kit as opposed to having to go off to the certain restaurants app and download that first and then load the app up and then try and navigate to the ar section of that app to then get to the thing you want (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? I see exactly what you're saying. And I think you're making an argument there for, um, I think, in today's terminology anyway, and we're sort of trying to predict something that's a couple of steps ahead here almost. But in today's terminology, it would be an AR kit extension um, that is potentially bundled with the app and then behaves in a a similar way to an iMessage extension. You know, something that, that, that extends extends out the camera app and potentially it's not the default camera potentially it is ar camera or whatever you want to to call it you know or it's a mode that sits inside of the default camera app that puts it into sort of this ar experience kind of mode i think that that would probably be a, a reasonable way of doing it but yeah i think there is a potential here that the ar experiences that are going to be provided within a lot of apps are going to be quite similar in terms of the type of things that they do. It's that sort of, you know, you like you say, you're in a, a restaurant and you want to be able to get the assets to place food and kind of have a look at that. Or you're shopping and you want to be able to see some metadata and info on the things in the shop. So there's an app there to point over the top of the things that you see in that location that then links into their services and gives some relevant text or whatever on screen. I think some of these experiences after time, like, like like I said before, will potentially kind of consolidate down and be 
almost Sherlockable by Apple, but yeah, perhaps the better route for that is to, for Apple to open up something like an extension format um, that then lets you have all these things in one spot. Because if we are talking about having hardware that sticks on your face in some fashion, you know, hollow lenses or whatever, that, that sort of, you know, I've, I've got glasses on, I've got AR with me, I can see a, a hood, I can see all of this info um, in real time wherever I am, then I don't want to have to be hopping in and out of specific apps just to put those overlays onto that device. You know, I want, like you say, you want something that is um, potentially triggered by machine learning. It's intelligent and context-driven. Equally, uh, the type of information that's being displayed, I don't necessarily want the latest, coolest app to try and give me some sort of wacky type of hood that, um, you know, puts all this information over the top of things and does it in such a dazzling or weird kind of way that um, it just completely disorientates me. So, yeah, I think there is something here for Apple to sort out in terms of standardising these sort of overlays and this sort of information. Uh, that's that's not really currently expressed within AR kits as it is today. That that is definitely like you know two point oh three point oh sort of territory. It makes me wonder whether those um, uh, what's it they're called? Is it beacons that you get in some Apple stores where? when you go in um your phone knows that you're in an apple store because of these beacons that they've got in the store i think like it's if you go and walk over to say like a table full of macbooks you can then use your phone and explore more about the macbooks because it knows you're by the macbook table that kind of thing yeah so i wonder whether there could be more of whether ar kit can maybe drive those a little bit more in the uh, using the restaurant example again maybe a restaurant could have a beacon within their restaurant so that when iOS users come through the door and they go to the lock screen on their phone. Um, there could maybe be a little icon for the restaurant's logo. They could tap that and that could take them straight into the AR experience for that uh, for that restaurant. Or maybe, like you said, in the camera, where at the moment you swipe through, you know, square, portrait, photo, video, maybe there could be ones that come and go based on where you are. So, like here, a big pub chain is Weatherspoons in the UK. Maybe you're in the camera app and then as you swipe through all the different various photo modes, maybe there could be one for them. And then that could take you into their AR experience straight within the camera app. I don't know, it's food for thought. I mean, I'm, I'm loath I'm loath to use the word, but this kind of thing would make it seem a lot more magical. Um, I know Apple like to use that word sometimes in their <laughs> marketing, which doesn't always go so well for them. But it seems at the moment the accessibility element of AR kit in that people just don't know where to find it, what to do with it. It seems like Apple need to do a lot more to get it into the hands of regular people in a much much more intuitive way in that it it just seems obvious that that's what you do. So when, when, when you're in a restaurant or you're in a, a certain place like an Ikea or, or wherever, the phone is prompting you, it's nudging you very gently, not, not in an annoying way, but there's just obvious prompts throughout the UI in kind of the stock apps to get you to an AR experience as opposed to having to obviously navigate the app store, download the app, go into the app, then figure out within each app that you've got where to actually trigger the the AR experience. I think there's there's a lot that can be done. Makes it quite exciting actually to watch because um, you know AR kit is, is at the moment I find incredibly exciting as kind of an enthusiast and a, an observer of what goes on, and it, it's it's so clear that there's such a long road ahead. Um, that's hopefully going to be full of really awesome things, um, and yeah, I, I can't wait to see where it goes. 
Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? Yeah, you can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com, my latest app to help kids learn to read. You can find at spacereaders.com and on Twitter, I'm at underscore Dave Knott. 